Welcome to the first episode of Buddy Walk with Jesus. On today's episode, we're going to discuss favorite Bible verses. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, we're going to discuss the purpose of this podcast. So, Joe, what makes us different from other podcasts that are out there? The further you go down the road of consideration towards your own beliefs and your own opinions, the further away you get from the source material. Mm. Yes. And that's a big mission statement for this is delving into, well, what does scripture have to say about it? The wellspring for knowledge, wisdom, joy, um, any, uh, everything good comes from the scripture that has been handed to us on a silver platter. And that's the real mission of this is to get back to the scripture and build that firm foundation. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. I myself, the way I see it is reading scripture, reading scripture, reading scripture. Because the more you read it, it gives the Holy Spirit something to speak to you about. Because you're learning his language. You're learning God's story. And story happens to be a a very wonderful language because you can pick up nuances you would not pick up from a rule book. You know, um, the closest thing we have to a rule book, Ten Commandments, Proverbs. But as soon as Jesus told the woman, go and sin no more. He didn't have to give her a rule book. She knew exactly what he meant. What was it to her that was sin? She knew to avoid it. That the man who loved her enough to rescue her, who became her God, said, go and sin no more. Didn't come out with the Ten Commandments. Didn't need to, I should say. Didn't have to point her to Proverbs. You know, Lamentations. You know, the New Testament was written. But the more you read, the more you're going to absorb and the Holy Spirit can communicate with you. I'm a big, big proponent of reading. And then you'll get pick, pick up pieces that seem rather, I'm going to say odd. It's not really the best word, but like where Jesus told the Pharisees that you'll cross the sea to make a convert and you'll make him twice the son of hell as you are. And I'm thinking, wow, that doesn't make sense to me. Why would God do that? But as the Holy Spirit reveals it, is the convert who listened to the Pharisee, stayed listening to the Pharisee, but didn't do his homework and read the scriptures to see if it was true. We see that allusion when Paul cherished the Bereans because they not only listened to what he said, but they went to see the scriptures to see if his what he said matched what the scriptures said. And he thought that was awesome. So there's a big weight on us to make sure we're accountable for our own faith. And again, we see in Revelations, let no man steal your crown. So we also have to be the proponent of our faith. That requires reading. We tend to be it, you know, be it a, a pastor, a youth pastor, a friend, what have you. We tend to always put a, a light and a pedestal on somebody that we deem to be more advanced, wiser, further along in their walk than us. 
And we tend to depend on them rather than depending on the scriptures. You know, that mm-hmm. take for me, for instance, from the first time that I heard about Jesus, it and it took a, it took a long time for it to finally sink in, but I always took the word of a man over going out and seeking the knowledge myself and seeking into the source material and delving in and growing myself. My reliance was on whoever that person was that I had put up on the pedestal. Mm-hmm. My relationship with my God is one-on-one. Yes. And it is through that one-on-one relationship that God will bring other people into your life to walk with you. We're made for community, but it draws from that one-on-one relationship that's at the center of it. And like I said, I had always had it backwards from from each other, but I really realized that it was of the utmost importance to concentrate and cultivate and grow in that intimate relationship with my God first, and mm-hmm. the rest of the pieces would fall into place. And that's the priority, and that's the order, with God first. And we bring everything. We have to bring everything, otherwise we're holding something back. And that something back can really keep us from blessings and create a barrier. I think, and I'm, I'm going back decades, because I've been a Christian since I'm 12, and I'm, I'm several decades beyond that. Well, we'll get to that in another episode. But I remember even being in my early 20s, 24-ish kind of, still feeling like a newbie. Uh what is unfortunate, and I don't know if this is true of all churches around the world or if it's just the American church, is that we do not see an intimate relationship personified from the pulpit. What we see is a lot of instruction, a lot of uh, exegesis. I hope I pronounced that correctly. And as you said, um, historical context and everything. But I remember one time asking a pastor, you know, your sermons are great, but I think it would do a benefit to us all if you explained how you love Jesus in your sermon while you're doing that, how you put it into practice, how you love Jesus. Um, It it got a weird look, but nothing ever came of it in the messages. But personally, I think, you know, as people see you loving the Lord, they get an idea of what it looks like in reality. They see it lived out. And we take somebody like Daniel. Daniel. Daniel would pray three times a day and he would have his windows open and everyone could see that. That was actually one of the the pitfalls is that he was so outward in his love for God. He had set an outward expression of his inward love for God that he was not going to hide it and the evidence was there. So it was easy for him to fail that edict where he could not worship any other god other than uh, King Darius, I believe it was. If we get to see that, if we get to see people living that out, we can start through connection, through community, like you're saying, saying, you know what, I want what he has. 
I'm seeing what he has displayed. I don't want it exactly like he has it, but I want to be able to have that level. That makes sense to me. So there's that almost apprenticeship, which we really call discipleship, of seeing that example lived out. But discipleship is investing in another person, walking together like what you and I are doing would be a form of discipleship. You to me, me to you. We're learning from each other. And as we see verses in the Bible that come out to us and we share it with one another, we could see the heart of the person that's sharing it and how they're connecting with it, regardless of whether we can connect with that verse in the same way. But God and stores it up. And when the time is right, Holy Spirit brings that example out. And we're able to use it because we absorbed it. So I think that's missing a lot in the church. And this, I'm hoping for men and, and women, will benefit from that. That they'll be able to see two men discussing scripture, discussing their lives, discussing Jesus in a way that honors the life he breathed into us. The Bible says in the end times, he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh, all flesh. To me, that that means, you know, if it's breathing, it's getting poured on. So um, animals, unsaved, saved. I would even go, you know, does it mean plants? You know, there's some people talk about the flesh of the fruit, like a mango's flesh and everything. You know, regardless, you don't want, we'd have to go too much into that uh, as far. But we can see that God is saying without limit, without boundary. So that should allow us to reach over to somebody who's unbelieving and says, you know what? What you're going through, I've gone through something similar. And God can use that connection to draw that person. So I think that this is something that God's pouring out. That's a big part of the the mission behind Buddy Walk with Jesus. A big part of our walk as human beings, this time that we spent here on earth, like I said, is made for community and fellowship mm-hmm. with a fellow man. If you can uh, pull it up, the uh, verse that the name is taken from, one of the first names that we came to for this show was Two Men in the Bible. Unfortunately, that's already taken and trademarked. That's really what it pairs down to, is taking the core truth and circling it back to just two guys sitting here discussing it and applying it to everyday life. So Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Okay, I'm going to go to 7 um, as a little bit of a preface. Again, I saw vanity under the sun. One person who has no other, either son or brother, yet there is no end to all his toil and his eyes are never satisfied with riches, so that he never asks for whom am I toiling or depriving myself of pleasure. This also is vanity and unhappy business. Two are better than one because they have good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? 
And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. So that is where Buddy Walk with Jesus came through, especially tying the threefold cord with it. I mean, I just thought it was really great. Um, so a lot of what you can hope for when listening to this is going to be organic conversation. Yes. Uh, we believe the best, a lot of the best lessons can be learned when it's just organic conversation centered around the scripture. Mm-hmm. That's where the Holy Spirit can really come through when it's not, everything isn't organized, everything isn't, and this will get a bit cleaner as time goes on, as any internet show does, any YouTube show, podcast, as time goes yes. on, you work out the kinks, you get it down to a science, but we're never going to delve into that realm of here's a script, here's the subject matter, and have everything all buttoned up and rehearsed and perfect for when we hit record. Because at the end of the day, if you already have in your mind figured out exactly what you're going to say where you're going to go with everything, you're not leaving any room for the spirit. Mm. And this is different from you've got your business podcast or your entertainment podcast. You have podcasts and YouTube shows. You name the, the subject matter, good, bad, or indifferent. You can find something on it. And with a lot of those, it makes complete and total sense to have a script. Figure out what you're going to say because it's not – it's all – facts or it's all you know specific subject matter with something like this it has to be a bit more organic than that because you're not just talking about facts more getting down to the heart matter and the very real spiritual nature of everything because ultimately we're two dudes sitting here having a passion to spread the gospel to as many people as we possibly can and this is a perfect venue to be able to do something like that and partner and walk along other people who are looking for this kind of thing as well there's two thoughts floating in my head right now one of them is going back to the previous conversation but going back to this the communication, this form of communication has been throughout history with with people. At the dinner table and communities in, in medieval taverns, they got around and they spoke. This is that, going to be that type of communication between two people sharing. You know, we, we are comfortable in this dynamic. Everyone's sharing their opinion. This is where you find out what your parents were like when they were kids around family reunions. You found out whether they were disciplined the same way you were disciplined or whether, you know, they told some things that were true because grandma knows the scoop, the skinny, if you will. So this kind of communication is always going to have a place in human society, which I kind of like. You know, we see it at the Last Supper. You know, we see communication like this through uh you know, Abraham, when he was sitting down and speaking with 
the Lord and two angels getting around, discussing, talking, even the elders at the gate in a city, in a Jewish city where they would discuss town business or any other items that came up. The informal discussion can lead to a lot of information that's not passed through a teaching, a proper teaching, or, you know, where the goal is scholastic, informational. You know, we wind up in the informal with a more transformational kind of knowledge because we absorb it and we can put it to use. This is why hands-on training is so effective. You know, it allows the teacher to say specifically to you, see, this is where I'm doing this and you're doing that. This is why I get this result and you're getting that. So if you change it to this and they're like, oh, okay, I get it. But if they would read that in the book or see it off a chalkboard, it would be informational. It wouldn't have the retention. That's why a lot of times when you're um, taking a college course, they'll tell you don't write verbatim. Don't take notes verbatim. You're going to lose retention. Just pick up the key points, put it in your own words, write it down. You gain more memory from it by doing it that way because you're interpreting what's being said in a way you understand. So those things are always going to be beneficial. And I'm actually going back to Daniel because I think I got King Darius confused with Nebuchadnezzar. It's sticking in my head. <laughs> we'll have to correct that if, if I got them confused. But that's the neat thing about this informal thing. You can get a little hodgepodge in your mind, but go back and correct it. Because it's not a formal teaching. Nobody's going to be graded on it. So I, I, I kind of like that. You guys listening... We hope that the vision that you get when you listen to us is poking your head in on two guys sitting in a coffee shop chatting about scripture in an informal way. Because Sunday morning, you can go and you can get the regimented uh, sermon that's just not this. Yeah. And see, I just double checked myself and I saw that I was wrong, but now I'm right. It is Nebuchadnezzar. So, yay, I got to correct it. <laughs> so that's the thing is, you know, we're learning as we're doing this and getting a feel for communicating the truths that we've absorbed. And you'll find out that there's a lot of things that, you know, because the Bible is so immense that a lot of times you can be pulling from different areas of the Bible because it's one voice, God's voice, speaking throughout the generations, the thousands of years that it took to write. It's a vast amount of information that we would be able to benefit by seeing, you know what, what's in Genesis I'm finding also in Proverbs. I'm finding also in uh, the Minor Prophets. I'm finding it also in the Gospels. And I'm finding it in Revelation. We can see the thread throughout. Um, and and it builds us up when we see and make the find these nuggets, especially a thread that runs through multiple books of the Bible. 
that we can draw from and say, you know what? I didn't see that before, but I can see how it, it works. Um, and I know I've had many conversations like with the Jehovah Witness when they've come to the door and I, I've talked about them and uh, I, I, excuse me, I didn't talk about them. I talked to them about how we'll take a portion of scripture and we like it here. But when we see something similar here, we don't like the way it says it here. We like this one. But we have to understand that this part and this part go together still. Um, it was an interesting conversation. I have to tell you about it later. Um, it was a bit of a chuckle afterwards, but it was a phenomenal conversation because they had a great leading question. And I just took off from that question. They said, sir, do you know what the meaning of life is? And I said, glad you asked. <laughs> I don't think you realized who they were asking that question to when they came and knocked at their door or at your door. That was many months ago. It was probably, I think, October. And I haven't had another Jehovah Witness come to the door. So I don't know if they exed my house and say, don't even bother going there. He's lost. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that conversation was so wonderful. I really, I really felt like I was giving them life. Um, and whether that was a seed that was planted, it's up to the Holy Spirit. I tried to plant a seed or maybe I watered, but God's going to make it grow. So I don't have to worry about that. As long as I was not rude, crude, or any other kind of variation, you know, God was honored. So when I lived, when I lived in Minnesota, I had a lovely woman come and knock at my door. And when I answered the door, her first question was, excuse me, sir, have you heard of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? And that was that was the start of a very interesting conversation. Um, it was it was very fruitful. I I always worried about given my preconceived notions prior to getting saved about what Jehovah's Witnesses were, what they stood for, all of that kind of stuff. We've all heard the jokes about, you know, the inflammatory things that could be done, you know, when a Jehovah's Witness comes and knocks at your door and all that kind of stuff. But to hear the, the, the to hear that question, it was like an, where I was at at that point was like an invitation to have a conversation with a fellow person that didn't necessarily see it the same way that I did, but still claimed the name of Christ. Mm -hmm. So it was fascinating from that regard, because that's part of the reason why I'm, I'm in the line of work that I'm in. I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy talking to different people from different walks. And that's the other, that's a, a side part of why I enjoy doing these shows and podcasts and doing these kinds of things because it opens a new door to be able to communicate and interact, not just with you in the, in the show sense, but in a form interacting with anybody who ends up listening. Mm. Yes. I like that. You know, it, it's great to be at something at infancy and sort of circle back to what we're talking about as one develops and you know and becomes conscious of what they're doing 
you know, there's going to be a lot more of things being pulled in. Oh, I got this uh, experience or I got this. Oh, I just read this Bible verse and I want to share it with you. This is what it means to me. And I think the one thing I would love to see is see listeners share that with other people in their lives to have that kind of relationship like you and I have of saying, you know what? This Bible verse just leapt out to me in a way that I hadn't seen before. That gives us life. Life out of our bellies will flow rivers of life, Jesus said. So that kind of feast will go from one person to another. And we can literally edify the body. Because right now, even though we're a distance apart, we're coming together. We're two gathered in his name and which i you know i read a book and it talked about the history of that which i really loved i hadn't heard it talked about in church so we'll have to discuss that one time what that means but this is a great time a great opportunity great uh point to close at that there's things coming up and it's amazing it's amazing when you have two people who it's how you it's it's part of how you can tell that the spirit is working when you have two people who, like you said, are distance apart. It's not like we're sitting in the same room with one another. And it's not like we have what we're going to say all planned out, but similar notions mm-hmm. come, to, come to mind. Uh, one thing I want to close on as a message to the viewership, the listeners out there, do not be afraid to share what the spirit is laying on your heart. Mm-hmm. Grab a friend, grab, you know, your, your spouse, a friend, somebody that you're walking alongside in this life and say, you know, this, this verse or this concept really stood out to me in a different way. What do you think about it? And start the dialogue because commonly when those things happen, it's for a reason. When those things stick out to you like a sore thumb, they're for, it's for a reason. So take what we're doing here and, and, try, and try and employ it in, in your own life, in your own relationships. Mm. Because you're going to find that your strength the strength of your bond with the people around you with your community with your fellowship is going to not only strengthen the relationship but it's going to strengthen you it's going to feed into you if you look at Jesus it is no mistake that he not only who he picked but that he picked anybody, that he had his group of people around him. That wasn't a mistake. Jesus, in every single way, is the template, is the benchmark. We have seen the benchmark, guys. And so if Jesus did it, if Jesus rolled 12 deep, if he had his inner circle of trusted people that he walked through life with, then why are we not to do the exact same thing? So I challenge you mm. guys 
to really be willing and open yourselves up to what it is that the Spirit is trying to tell you and work in you. And then don't just take that and and keep it inside. Share that. Pour that back out into the people that are around you. Yes. I would like to, if you don't mind, I would like to close in a prayer of blessing for the listener. Okay. Other than that now, Father God, I thank you for each and every listener right now, Father, that you would bless them with a nugget of your word right now that you would put a seed in their heart that they would yearn to delve into this word that you're delivering to them this portion of scripture father that you would breathe life into them that you would refresh their spirit that they would hunger after this but also to share it father that they would share the morsel they're getting the nugget they're sharing and find out that it's a feast as they're giving it away it grows bigger father Bless them with a word that grows bigger than they can hold on to. I thank you in Jesus' name for them, each and every one. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.